Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of Sports Chatter. This is, as always, your host, Ethan Birch, and I am alongside a special guest, Cameron Mayer. Cam, how are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? Well, actually, I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot better than I was. We're doing yeah. we're doing we're doing really well, actually, because just 20 minutes ago, I was filming this pod this podcast, doing the intro, and I got a crazy notification that the New York Mets are in process of acquiring Francisco Lindor from the Cleveland Indians. And it just happens to be the day that I decided to report record a podcast with Cameron Mayer about the New York Mets. And if they should get Lindor, should they get Arenado? What should be their main focus in the offseason? And irony strikes. The New York Mets acquire Francisco Lindor. And we have just been talking for 20 minutes, non-recorded about it. This is insane. Cam, your initial thoughts on the Francisco Lindor accusation. I mean... You know, originally I, I was thinking a move like that, a move for a guy like Lindor or a guy like Arenado could have been something that was done in July, right around the trade deadline where you kind of see where you are. But I mean, it's hard not to be excited about this. I mean, Francisco Lindor is one of the one of the faces of baseball. He's a great clubhouse guy and he's a phenomenal player. And to have him starting to shortstop this year, that's big news. That's the, the first big move from Steve Cohen. The Steve Cohen era is officially in full effect. That's a huge move. And we'll get into so much more in this podcast. But a little background on Cam. He's a baseball player, plays at Tufts University, class of 2023, like me at Ithaca College. And why I bring Cam on is because, one, we are huge Mets fans. But, two, he has an extensive knowledge about all of baseball as a whole. We I, On this podcast, if you listen frequently, you know that I try to give as much as a non-biased standpoint as I possibly can when talking about the New York Mets, the Giants, the Knicks. But – really cam brings that and he just he will add on that non-biased standpoint and that's why i brought him on and that's why i brought zach on last week so cam let's get into it as a whole and literally the first question i was going to ask is what what should what is the mets main priority so now that you bring on a guy like francisco lindor let's get into small trade detail the mets were able to not only acquire francisco lindor but also add on a rotation piece 33 year old carlos carrasco coming off a 2.9 era in the tw- short 2020 season which is just so good that's so good so impressive from a guy like him at 30 when he pitched at 32 years old now 33 they gave up Andres Jimenez who was who was a he's a good shortstop prospect he was showed very good signs in 2020 Ryan Wolf and then another guy Isaiah Green who made the same Josh Wolf who made the same mistake as Ken Rosenthal to be it out Ryan Wolf originally Ken Rosenthal's fault I mean yeah you know what I thought you'd have to give up more to get Lindor. I mean, even to add Carrasco into that, because he's he's going to be right in the rotation. To get a guy like that and to give up Jimenez as the big piece in that deal, I thought there was going to have to be a much bigger piece included in that. And, you well, know, man, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I just got notification, because we are doing this live, that Ahmed Rosario is also in the deal. Really? So two shortstops. Where when, when I was looking at what the Wilpons did to create a farm system for the Mets, I was so confused how you end up with two shortstops and two first basements. Yeah, I was, I don't understand how. I don't know how that happens. Uh, listen, no, no, no. It's not impossible that it doesn't happen. But when you're creating a farm system, or at least Brody did this too, or whatever, whatever amounted in the past couple of years of creating a farm, the Mets ended up with two legitimate first basements and two legitimate shortstops, or one that was not exactly proven yet, but blah, blah, blah. And it just didn't really make sense. But now Rosario and Jimenez are both going Wolf and Green. 
And that looks like that is exactly it, according to Anthony DeComo. And this is, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, this is exa- this is as live as it gets. This is like SN- this SNY live coverage. I Minute by minute updates over here. Really, I'm uploading Twitter and getting more updates. But this is what so, we have. That looks as if it's the full trade. The Mets have to win this trade. And Cam, you said something about Lindor. The Mets are working on a long-term deal, correct? Yeah, and and... and... The fact that Rosario is also included that trade only enforces the idea that, you know, sooner rather than later, Francisco Lindor is going to be extended and he's going to, you know, do make something happen similar to what Mookie Betts did with the Dodgers this year, where Betts was uh, traded over to the Dodgers and then they created a long-term extension, which, you know, you've heard about that for a long time with Francisco Lindor to the Mets when he reaches free agency, but the free agent class of next year when it comes to shortstops is loaded. And I saw a report before that this is Francisco Lindor's best opportunity to get a long-term contract, especially with the loaded free agent class coming up. So I have no problem with extending Lindor. I think he's a franchise player. I think he's going to be a great fit. And Rosario and Jimenez getting traded only will, you know, create a, a much more sound plan going forward as far as extending Lindor and moving on from here. Absolutely. This just pretty much salutes his spot. He's only 27. To think Lindor's done so much in this league, and he's only 27 years old. He's a four-time All-Star. He's been deep in the playoffs. This is this is a hungry 27-year-old shortstop. Absolute stud on the defensive end. And yes, he has dealt with offensive struggles, but at, an, at a young age like that, there's so much room for improvement, especially when you're when you're entered into an organization like where the Mets are right now, there's no other team that's in a spot where the New York Mets are a brand new owner, the richest owner in mall of major league baseball, a city like New York Queens has been hungry. These are one of the hungriest fans. And I don't only say that because I'm a fan of the New York Mets, because obviously I'll say that, but what this team's been through over the past couple seasons, this, this fan base is hungry. They really are. And, and at, at the end of the day, my final thoughts, I am so beyond excited that there's been a move like this. I can't remember the last time the Mets have made a trade like this, maybe even since either Ioannis Cespedes or Mike Piazza are the last two biggest moves like this in the New York Mets history. And this will Johan go down. Santa, the Johan Santana trade. Yep, too. That one as well. You're right. Definitely. But January 7th, 2020, this will go down. The Steve Cohen era strikes his first major deal. And that's crazy because this is one of the deals I wanted to talk about. Is it worth getting a guy Lindor? Because this is a potential rental. But the fact that the Mets worked out terms with Lindor that hopefully they'll be able to move on to an extension, keep this guy as the long-term shortstop. This is just very, very, very exciting news. And it yeah. and I think you, know, you mentioned you mentioned Lindor struggles offensively. And I to me, part of that has been that the, the Indians lineup hasn't always been the strongest and he hasn't always had a lot of protection in the lineup. He was always the guy in the Indians lineup that you kind of had to focus on and pitch around. And, you know, us, we'll see where the Mets go from here and what other moves they make. But the Mets lineup is going to be very protected with guy, you know, Conforto was one of the best players in baseball last year. Mm-hmm. And you might have the best, you know, pure power hitter in baseball and Pete Alonso. You know, in, in the heart of that lineup, Lindor is going to be very protected in that lineup. It is not going to be easy to pitch around him. You know, we'll see what happens going forward. If they happen to get Springer, who is the best, you know, probably the best leadoff hitter in baseball. So yeah. Lindor, Lindor's offensive struggles could be muted because of the protection that he'll have in this Mets lineup. And now, you know, you're not necessarily quite as deep because you got rid of one of your shortstops. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. You're still no. one of the most deep, the most deep teams in baseball. And now you have a bona fide star at shortstop. No, this is this is real. This is real fun news right now. This really is. 
I just got, I saw someone saying Sandy Alderson fleeced the Indians. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what was I was saying, what was, was what I was going to get to was that part of the problem last year also was the Mets were very lefty heavy. They went into some game. I mean, yes, when they faced righties, I mean, specifically righties, they'd go in with like five to six guys with left-handed bats. Hmm. Lindor brings that switch hitting option and he is so much better from the right, when the right side, he hits lefties even better. So you can even mash him in between two of the lefty guys like Conforto and Dom Smith in a lineup such as that. There's so much you can do with Lindor because he's such a flexible guy, especially in the lineup. And he's, he's fast too. I mean, this is just such a good signing, such a good signing for the Mets. So now, now that this has all happened, this is all official. Lindor is a New York Met. Carlos Carrasco is a New York Met, a huge rotation piece. What, 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 what is next for the New York Mets? What Cameron in your eyes, Steve Cohen, he brushes this off his chest because this is a move that he needed to make. What's next? So I think part of the, maybe one of the more interesting parts of the deal was the Carlos Carrasco piece. Because he, you know, he is a starter in this league. He had a phenomenal year last year. He, you know, he's dealt with his own personal stuff. He overcame cancer. You know, he, he's a, you know, he's a real strong guy in the clubhouse too. And it makes it very interesting now because the obviously the big name on the market is Trevor Bauer. That's the biggest name on the market. But if you have Carlos Carrasco, that, you know, that puts a, a another strong piece into that rotation that maybe you don't necessarily need Bauer and you can focus on Springer because from what we've heard so far, the only two teams that are really in on George Springer right now are the Mets and the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays have offered him and it was way below what he wanted. So now if you don't, you know, if you're not putting together a deal for Bauer anymore, that obviously would be the biggest deal that you're going to give anybody. You can give Springer some of that money that you were trying to, you know, pass around to other places and you could put together a deal that could, you know, bring over George Springer and you, you know, you're focusing on getting Lindor a long-term deal in the future. And that's, you know, that's where the money could go. And I, I ne- wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that. I've heard stuff about Brad hand um, the Mets picking up another reliever, which I definitely think they need. They need to keep that bullpen Absolutely. as strong as possible because in reality, the Mets two biggest problems last year was their bullpen performance and their ability to drive and runs. So you've semi addressed one of those issues with this deal with, with your ability to drive and runs with a guy like Lindor is going to be in the middle of the lineup. Um, and they've semi addressed the bullpen. They've signed Trevor May and, you know, now it's time to keep kind of working at those issues. And if, you know, if you can get a guy like hand for, you know, cheap and, you know, then you, you put a deal out there to Springer that, you know, is he said he sits down and he goes, you know what, this is a big enough deal. I'll definitely take this. Then you're looking at a different story where you're entering the season with a lineup with probably the best leadoff hitter in baseball and the first bona fide center fielder the Mets have had since Carlos Beltran. Michael Conforto, who was one of the, one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball last year, a bona fide shortstop, all-star, and, you know, one of the best players in baseball in Lindor. And Pete Alonzo, who, you know, who had a little bit of struggles at the beginning of the season last year, a little sophomore slump. Expected struggles, though. But when, you know, towards the end of the season, he was on pace to hit over 40 home runs. I mean, mm-hmm. he might be the best pure power hitter in baseball. That's quite the top four in a lineup. That, you know, eh, that's a very, very dangerous team when you get you know, into the season. You look up and down the lineup. It's not only just the top. I mean, these, these guys can hit. This was number two and number two in hits and, and batting average last year in Major League Baseball. Straight up, this offense was good. Good enough where I was confident going into this year if they only got maybe another hitter or two. But you also got James McCann. James McCann, catcher signing, huge. One of the only catchers on the on like 
on paper who would like kind of fit this New York Mets team right now. I can't really see anyone else. Obviously JT Real Muto was a huge catcher, but I didn't really want him at the end of the day. I didn't want to spend, I don't want to spend that money on a 32 year old catcher, but looking at Springer 31 years old, he wants around or over 150 and the only two teams as you said the Blue Jays and the Mets and the Blue Jays offered him well under 150 what the Mets need to do right now in my opinion is find out or I'm sure they know what the Blue Jays offered they need to offer just a little bit more than the Blue Jays and really push Springer's buttons you just got the car the I'm trying to put this in perspective here the ball is in the Mets court right now they have all the firepower. They have the attraction. George Springer should want to be a New York Met right now. Well, who would not want to be a New York Met right now? I genuinely, I'm thinking in the back of my head of Ahmed Rosario because this guy's been a part of the Mets for so long. And when he was a prospect, I was like, Ahmed Rosario going to be the, I was like, yo, this guy's the new Derek Jeter, blah, 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 coming up, this and that. And, you know, he wasn't that good and he finally got it going. But after a, a lackluster 2020, he's off to Cleveland. And, you know, that kind of stinks for him because this culture in New York is just, there's no other culture in Major League Baseball like what New York ha- what the New York Mets have right now in Flushing Queens. And I think if you're George Springer and there's two teams that want to be interest- interested in you, and if you want to win another World Series, you want to make a reputation for yourself because clearly over the past five years, you have a tarnished reputation after cheating your way through a World Series. You were the World Series MVP in that as well. He's still a broad five-tool player. He should want to come to the New York Mets, and the Mets have the money to offer. If you're going to spend any more money this offseason, you spend it on George Springer because that's where it, it should go. It really should. Totally agree. And I, I can't wait for, you know, hopefully a day very soon where Mets fans can be back in the stadium because when a Mets team is in a playoff race, there really is nothing like the atmosphere at City Field. There's- there really isn't. No, there really isn't. And I will say some of the my blandest memories ever as childhood is in City Field. And I just cannot wait to get back in there and see this guy playing shortstop this is it's just going to be a new atmosphere. When we left in 2019, the last Met, the last Mets game that had fans at it was 2019, and it was when Dom Smith hit the walk off three run home run and Gary Cohen's game that never die New York Mets. So much hope coming into 2020. The coronavirus strikes. So much goes south. Yet now there's just so much going up, and there's just never a dull moment when you're in City Field. And with this group of guys. I truly hope that we are able to see some New York Mets games in person. And I know major league baseball is really pushing for it because I don't know if they can afford another season without it, but let's keep the chatter going. Still plenty to talk about. Let's talk about first base. Let's talk about Pete Alonso and Dom Smith. What are we doing with Dom Smith? He's one of the best hitters in the national league last season. And you absolutely need this guy in your lineup, but where does he go? Because yes, you Cameron, you touched upon earlier that Pete Alonso struggled early on in 2020, but can got it going really well. And, you know, in the third month of the season, that's when players start to get it going. And that's when Pete Alonso got it going. And in his sophomore year, you expect a little sophomore slumps and he got it, but he was getting out of that as the season ended. It looked like he was just getting started and he was on pace for exactly 43 home runs. So you probably need him. And, and although his defense isn't great, you need him at first base. Is Dom Smith, does Dom Smith have to be your left fielder? So I think another big part of this trade, that Lindor trade, is you know Dom Smith may have a big smile on his face right now because Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez both going in that trade and Robinson Cano being suspended for the season means that there is a spot in the middle infield that does, no longer has a player. That's going to be filled by Jeff McNeil who typically mm-hmm. would be your right fielder or your left fielder. Left You'd fielder. be in the outfield. So now McNeil comes over to second base. You've got Lindor and shortstop. 
JD Davis, who I'm I'm very, very happy that JD Davis was not a part of that trade. Same. JD Davis is, my, is one of my favorite players on the Mets. JD Davis is your third baseman. Now you've got you know, right now, no George Springer. You've got pretty much you have your three outfielders. Uh, you know, it's Dom Smith, Brandon Nimmo, and Michael Conforto at the moment. At the moment. If Springer signs, that's a different story. You know, I I don't know what the deal with you on assessment is. I really don't know what the deal with him no, is. No, he's done because his contract ended up. His so contract anyway. ended. Okay. So then yeah, yeah, his contract's over anyway. So so that means right now you've got your three outfielders. And you know, if the Mets do sign Springer, it's really gonna come down to who's playing better, Dom Smith mm-hmm. or Brandon Nimmo. And you know, last year Dom Smith was playing better. Dom Smith's gotta play. Dom mm-hmm. Smith hit too well for him not to play. Well, you know, the 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 what's going on in major league baseball right now with the national league DH to me is a shame because it's, you know, from what I've heard, it's based on owners want more playoff teams. Major league baseball is pushing back on that. And that's where they're kind of, you know, teams are kind of holding the NLDH hostage for more playoff teams, basically. Mm -hmm. And with the NL, you know, with the NLDH, that's Dom Smith is the NLDH. Dom Smith is the NLDH. It's, It's as simple as that. He 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 would be the perfect perfect NLDH, mm-hmm. and um. If no, you, you're 100 right. He is the NLDH. It's yeah. it's his position. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think I think Dom Smith, especially with Rosario and Jimenez getting shipped off, Dom Smith's gonna play. Which for me, that's that's great. I want Dom Smith to play. Dom Smith, you know, he really figured it out last year. It looked like. He's been figuring out over the past couple of years. The past two years, he's really figured out how to handle the bat. And not only against righties, against lefties, he rakes as well. And he had 341 last season, hit a bunch of home runs. And when you're looking at the Mets lineup, as you said, Cameron, so they bring in George Springer, Springer, Lindor, Alonzo, Conforto. Are you forgetting about Dom Smith, who's going to be hitting fifth and sixth in that lineup, even potentially third in a game against like a weak right-handed bat, a pitcher? Like this this, this lineup is going to be stacked if they were able to bring in a guy like Springer. And yeah, I have a friend texting me right now. Oh my God, I cannot believe they kept Dom Smith as well. Like this, I'm, this is a very, very good move. And that's the full trade. Rosario, Jimenez, Wolf, Green for Carrasco and Francisco Lindor. And I know some people might be a little bit worried because the Mets did not acquire any cash considerations or any prospects but I think this puts the Mets in a serious win now mode that Steve Cohen, I was going to bring up DJ LeMahieu, do the Mets consider LeMahieu, but obviously now it's out of completely out of discussion. And I was going to ask you, Cameron, does this go against Steve Cohen's initial word of we are going to win in the next three to five years, because that's kind of playing a little bit long distance, but at the same time, not because now all of a sudden you're going into 2021 and you're expecting big things from a New York Mets fan. You got to think that you're not going in there just to make the playoffs at this point with the stack of a roster. You're going in there to win the division right now with this roster. Mm-hmm. You're you're you and the Braves are going to be clashing heads with that division. That's where, you know, that's where every Mets fan sees this team right now. And this Lindor move only enforces that Carrasco. He, you know, he's 33, but that's a, he's a solid starter. you got a guy for right now. Who's going to help your team right now. You know, and 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 I think that was the the part of this deal that I think gets Mets fans so excited that this isn't like we're building for the future. We're 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 building to win. You know, this season, and I, I think they have the talent to do so. Uh, it it really is, and it's not only if you bust. It's not win or bust because if they end up choking in the playoffs or something bad goes down, the guy gets injured late or even early, and 
things don't work out in 2021, these are still guys that can produce in the next upcoming years. And that's where the three to five year plan that Steve Cohn built in still is in effect. So don't think that just in 2021, if you don't win the World Series, it's not the end of it, because obviously we want to win the World Series. That's the goal. And I don't know if you remember, but a couple of, like a month ago, that take by Andy Martino, and he was like, teams don't build to win the World Series. I don't know if you saw that. And he was kind of yeah, exposed all over Twitter. Yeah. At the end of the day, the Mets, the Mets are going to be competitive this year. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Lastly, so... Uh, the Mets, let's talk about just one more thing. Anything else you think the Mets should do? Because I know you were speaking of Brad Hand. The Mets were talking to Brad Hand. And uh, that's a guy that you can acquire for 7 or $8 million for like a year or two years. And you go up to $16 million. Do you like that deal for a guy like Brad Hand? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely like a deal for a guy like Brad Hand. Doesn't necessarily have to be Brad Hand. Mm-hmm, Brad exactly. Hand Jared uh, Jeffries. Yeah. Guy Jeffries, um, who was a Cub last year. But, you know, these guys are proven relievers in the league, and I definitely think that's another area that we have to address. And, you know, Edwin Diaz kind of sort of figured it out a little bit last year. He had some bad moments, but, you know, they, they tried to take the pressure off him a little bit. Jerry's Familia, another guy who likes to rock the ship a little bit, but mm-hmm. does, you know, does perform. Um, the Mets still have Dylan Batances. Yeah, they, they do. They do. Okay. So then. Oh, do they? Actually, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not. Was it? I feel like they got him for more than one year, but I could be wrong. I think he had an option and he might, he may have picked it up. Uh, I'll, I'll check that. Yeah. He should be on the team. Yeah. He will be. So, you know, that, that there, there's some pieces, there's some pieces there. And, you know, obviously the big name when it comes to relief pitchers right now is Liam Hendricks. I don't think that the Mets are going to pursue Liam Hendricks. I think he's going to want too much money and the Mets already have a collection of really uh, relief pitchers that are, you know, getting, you know, a little bit of money, but I think as long as you just continue to pad the bullpen, I, I, the name, you know, there's a name I'm forgetting is Seth Lugo who goes back to the bullpen this year. Keep him away from the starting rotation. He was one of the best relievers in baseball if you have Seth Lugo as your, you know, your solid seventh inning guy or your eighth inning guy, and Seth Lugo is a guy who can pitch more than one inning. So, you know, start really with outing, five innings. Here comes Lugo for six and seven. Seth Lugo is, to me, is the most important piece in that bullpen. If he pitches well, he takes so much pressure off of Diaz, off of Familia, off of Batances, off of Trevor May. And, you know, and he also you got to figure out what do you do with Steven Matz? Yeah, they did pick up his um they did not they tendered him. So yeah. I think yeah, they tendered him. So he's back in the New York Mets and he's he's getting a decent amount of money. He's getting a couple million dollars. So you gotta figure out what you're gonna do with him because he was a mess over the past couple of seasons. And if you can somehow figure this guy out, somehow get him productive in major league baseball, you have control over him. You have control over him for another couple of years and he's a long island man he wants to stay in new york it'd be hard to see him leaving if the mets offered him something so if the mets can somehow just figure that guy out and i'm looking up del matanza stuff and the mets could use the mets bullpen could use a bottle of vintage Dylan batanzas in 2021 oh, absolutely absolutely and think- you're forgetting because i don't know if you mentioned but trevor may the mets also brought him in so i saw something that was a little lineup and it was the seventh inning May, eighth inning Lugo, ninth inning Diaz, and you still have guys like Batances, Familia, Lugo, uh, no, not Lugo, excuse me, but there's all these guys, and bring you still need to bring in a, like, 
if you're listening, I know we're kind of bragging about how much the Mets have right now, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The bullpen, however much you have, doesn't matter with the Mets. You need as much as you can get. And a guy like Brad Hands, you can get for cheap, like $14 million for two years, who for a guy who's also a Cleveland Indian, by the way, that's a great signing. I completely agree. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with Steven Matz. You have to figure out a way to make him productive. Steven Matz, you know, to me, Steven Matz was the king of five beautiful innings on the mound mm-hmm. and then ends up, he would go five innings, three hits, no runs, one run, something like that. And he's the guy that end up with five and two thirds, four runs, seven hits, because it's just a like, it's, it's almost to me, I, you know, being a pitcher, it's like I'm watching him and it's like he's getting into the sixth and seventh innings going, I'm almost there. I just have to get a few more outs. And it just, it's like, it's like, it's all in it to me. I think it's, it's a, it's a head thing. It's a mental thing where to me, so many games, I've seen him go four, five innings of pitching so well. And in those last two innings, it's like he's just trying to get over the hump and finish the game. He just makes little mistakes. And I think either figuring out a way to help him get over those mistakes and, you know, because he could be, you know, I know David Peterson pitched very well last season. Steven Matz could be the best sixth starter in the history of baseball or, you know, a guy who can figure it out out of the bullpen to come out of the bullpen and just get out. And that's really what it came down to for the Mets last season was just get a guy out of the bullpen to come in, get you out, get out of there and make it as simple and a quick procedure as possible. Cause we've seen numerous times Edwin Diaz run us into, run us into a train in the ninth uh-huh. inning or, yep. you know, and it's just, it's just, get as many guys as you can, who you can confidently bring in out of the bullpen to get out and just, you know, and, and, and I know, you know, the Mets last year, the rotation obviously wasn't as strong, no Stroman, no Syndergaard, but you get those two guys back. You can go six, seven innings into games and, and just take, to me, it's just about taking pressure off of those big names in your bullpen. Take it off. Take the pressure as much as you can off of Diaz. Take the pressure as much as you can off Amelia. Take the pressure as much as you can off Batances and just let them go out there and pitch freely and get outs. And I think the rotation pieces, especially with Carrasco, another guy, take the pressure off Steven Matz, let him figure, kind of figure out what he's going to be, and then just let the bullpen get their outs when they need to, and the Mets are going to be fine, and they're going to win games. And, let me tell and- you, baseball is a simple game, but it's not simply executed no. at all. And – I think the Mets, they're, we're in a very, very good direction right now. And as you, we will, I'll bring Cameron on again as the season gets closer and we'll talk more about signings. I mean, so as I said before, I have a fun idea. I have our live reaction. So maybe I'll plug in the live reaction after this and you'll be able to see my little intro and all of a sudden me saying, oh my God, the door is going to be a Met. And so you'll, you'll get to see that. That was a fun reaction. I have that recorded. Anyway, thank you for everyone for listening. This was a extremely fun Mets segment. We did the Yankees last week, the Mets this week, because mostly New York sports here on Sports Chatter. But thank you, Cameron, for coming on. I'll plug your Instagram. Anything else? Any other plugs? Uh, no. I'm more than happy to come on again. This was very fun. All right. Awesome. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week and stay tuned for another Sports Chatter episode later this week. Goodbye. Cameron Mayer. He attends Tufts University. Cam, how are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. And the Mets are close to getting Francisco Lindor in a trade. Did you just get that update? What'd you get that on? John Heyman just tweeted it. No way. What timing?
and it says late and people are responding late with no credit someone's someone tweeted it before what the f- I'm checking buster only right now they're in Jeff Passan, the Mets Passen. are in deep talks on a deal to acquire Francisco Lindor from the Cleveland Indians. Oh my God! What? Look at the timing of that! Literally, as what we. Th- th-